0: Welcome to Demystification, a biweekly podcast produced by the NC State Graduate School that looks to pull back the curtain on graduate education at NC State and beyond. Join me, Peter Harrys, Dean of the Graduate School, as I talk with current graduate students, university administrators, faculty, and alumni about their why, their research, and their own graduate journey. In our next few episodes, we specifically focus on our international student population and how these students have been able to successfully navigate their NC State experience. In this episode, I talk with Gabriela Arredondo, a doctoral student from Mexico in the Department of Agricultural and Human Sciences. We focus on her academic trajectory and how she chose her graduate path. Let's listen in. Okay, welcome to another episode of Demystification. And today we're talking to Gabriela Arteaga, and she is from the Agricultural Research and Extension Program and will be graduating very soon. So soon she will be Dr. Arteaga. So, Gabriela, just to get started here, can you tell us a little bit about your background and, and, you know, how you became the person you are.
1: Sure, and thank you for having me here. Um, I was born and raised in Querétaro, Mexico. My parents are in the medicine field, they're retired now. Um, So I grew up surrounded by this typical world of science uh, within my family and a family that always valued education. So I grew up in Mexico um, and I came to the United States to pursue my, um, my graduate um, studies uh, as soon as I was finished uh, in 2014 with my food industry engineering degree.
0: Great. Um, at what point did you realize that you wanted to go to graduate school?
1: Um, well, I have always known about the value of education since I was a young kid from my family. They would always tell us, so that's the one thing that will give you guys to me and to my brother. So to me, it was it was a very interesting situation. Um, the moment I completed my food industry engineer degree uh, in Mexico, uh, I received a scholarship to come and work for the Inter- Inter-American Institute for Cooperation in Agriculture in Washington, D.C., and it was such a fun experience. Um, I was in the meantime applying for for master's programs in Europe, but then over there in Washington, D.C., I met the food safety specialist. I was working for him, actually, and at that point, when we met my all my plans switched around. Um, He had actually accepted a position at Texas Tech University, and he invited me over to become his first master's student. But I'm sure we'll talk more about that. Yeah, Yeah.
0: and sort of related to that, you know, you talked about your move to Texas Tech. Um, How about NC State? How did you end up here?
1: Yeah, so um, once I graduated from Texas Tech with my Master's in Food Science, I knew I wanted to complete my doctorate. That was always my dream. So I applied to three different universities and I actually got accepted to all of them, but I definitely decided on NC State um, just based on how strong the agricultural environment is, is within the state. Um, I It was my dream to, to graduate from the Agricultural Sciences Department and to continue to to work within extension. So when I was doing my master's, I I was not working at a land-grant institution, and it was really important for me to switch to a land-grant institution. So that's how I ended up at NC State and deciding, and it was the best decision that I made.
0: Well, that's great. Um, You know, I can imagine adjusting to Texas Tech, which is a little bit closer to the Mexican border than North Carolina is, may have been somewhat easier, but what were sort of, I mean, well, what were overall the challenges for your entering a graduate program? And also, you know, what were the differences between Texas Tech and North Carolina?
1: Sure. Well, definitely, as you said, uh, during my master's, adjusting was more on the side of, like, actually moving to a new country, coming all the way from Mexico, um, getting used to the new environment. That was both in Texas and in North Carolina as well. They're different states. Um, Language is also usually... A thing, but I never get intimidated by that. I'm, I'm, I believe I'm very brave, and that was the main challenge, to be honest. On the side of graduate school, um, definitely trying to understand how to work on my own time and how to be independent um, was. It, it was. It's probably usually the common challenge for graduate students. It was a challenge for me as well. I would say uh, during the doctoral degree, though, it definitely was a challenge to work on a smaller team. It, I believe I was a little bit used to work with like 20 plus students, students during my master's. Uh, but coming to my doctoral degree, it was definitely a change in working style In, in working style, mainly. Um, it was different, um, but it was something that I really wanted to, to also be able to do at the end of the degree.
0: And what do you think now, you know, you're virtually done or basically done? You know, what were the most important things you learned as a graduate student?
1: I would say that graduate school really sets you up sets you up for for research, of course. Um, definitely learning how to think and uh, learning how, how to do research on your own. Of course, always having the guidance of your of your supervisor. But really, uh, graduate school definitely teaches you how to solve problems from from the very beginning and planning for for how to learn on new topics uh, as well, thinking out of the box, uh, becoming open to to different options out there whenever you're doing research and trying to adapt as well um, and always be on your feet. That's also how I would describe graduate school. Definitely being adaptable, thinking out of the box. I say it twice just because it's really really important for you to, to remain open whenever you're pursuing graduate studies.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's a really important point about thinking outside the box. You know, I think that's that's one of the big differences between undergraduate where you're sort of reading textbooks and going from that and then, you know, moving beyond that. Um, another important element is feeling like you're part of a community. So how do you build this sense of community while you were here at NC State?
1: Well, here at NC State, um, it is a huge community. Um, I did not expect, for instance, I'm I'm Hispanic, I'm a a Latina, and I was not expecting as many Latinas as I have actually met over here. There is a student, uh, the LASA, so Latin American Student Association, was a really uh, great spot where I, I was able to make friends for life. Um, some friends from Mexico, some from a lot of friends from uh, Honduras as well, and other agricultural schools that are important also in Latin American countries. They have also ended up here at NC State, which is you know like it's a great institution, and we have met over here and became friends. That's that's the main community that I pull off from, uh, but I also would like to say that faculty here at NC State are always very very open and. You can actually reach out to them; they'll give you your, their phone number, and that's also a pretty strong component of the community that I was able to build throughout the throughout the program.
0: That's great. Um, what do you think is the added benefit of your NC State doctoral degree?
1: So, my interest was always uh, contributing back to the community. Through extension, that's why I'm what I'm interested on, uh, and what I've been interested on through through the last years. Uh, I'm I'm willing to to become a, a, fa- a fa- part of the faculty and to continue to contribute to extension. So I believe that uh, the graduate education that I received here at NC State, uh, with the high reputation, uh, both on the food science department and the agricultural sciences department, uh, is something that the, my degree. Uh, is offering at this moment, uh, reputation definitely holds you, uh, holds, holds a lot of weight. Um, and just becoming part of the NC state community, I think it's going to continue to, to, to push me through, through my career path.
0: Awesome. Um, another question that graduate students often have, and I think is often something that isn't appreciated before you're, you become a graduate student relates to funding. So how, how did you fund your graduate education, you know, both at Texas Tech as well as here at NC State? Like what kind of support did you receive?
1: Sure. Um, for Texas Tech, I was part of a uh, competitive grant and these are all terms that I would recommend potential graduate uh, students to start looking at least, you know, like on the internet. What does that even mean? Coming from Mexico, where we don't have the land grant institution scheme, that is all new terminology. Um, what is a grant? What is funding? So, um, in my case. Uh, my supervisor had already some. He had already some starting start, startup funding, and he had also competitive funding to support me through graduate school. Um, here at NC State, I did not have any any grant support. It was more departmental support, which was also great. Um, I would definitely recommend just getting familiar with those terms as I said before, just to try to understand where where your tuition is coming from, and um, I would also recommend that if that is not an option, that should not stop students from pursuing graduate school if that's what you if that's your passion. there are international scholarships that you can look into as well. I did. I attended uh, several fairs so that I could pursue graduate school when I was back in Mexico, and I ended up yeah, like actually um, obtaining a scholarship in Europe, but then actually came to the U.S. instead, uh, just because of my special situation with my internship. But I definitely recommend attending fairs, if you know about those, getting online, and then just doing the doing your search and your research on what other available funding is out there. Uh, just never, you know, like I recommend not being discouraged of applying to graduate school just because a professor might not have funding, you might be able to find funding elsewhere.
0: Yes, yeah, so there's a range of different sources that you tapped into during your, I did. your trajectory. That's great to hear. Um, moving a little bit to your research, because really, you know, especially at the doctoral level, that's what graduate education is about. Um, what was the most interesting thing that came out of your research? You know, What do we know now that we didn't know before you started your study?
1: Um, Well, my study was really on the extension side of things. Uh, It definitely has to do with uh, creating Uh, and bringing new knowledge to the field. And what we brought to the field was really very related with COVID-19. So um, I took part on program evaluation efforts for the Count On Me NC program um, here at NC State. So everyone was shut down by 2020, 2021. Um, All the local food service businesses were shut down and they were trying to reopen. And with uh, the Safe Plates team, the the Count Me program was created. And then I led um, the efforts for us to go ahead and do program evaluation on that. And it was really interesting to see how people, and in this case, food service industries, uh, react to a pandemic. Uh, We knew not much uh, at that point in time. Um, We offered, training modules for them to know how to manage and how to to do risk management uh, of of COVID-19 within their businesses and how to actually remain and stay in business. Um, And once they completed the training uh, we did we collected data to see, you know, like how they felt about the pandemic. And what was interesting to see is that they ended up, um, I mean, they they definitely uh, implemented, you know, like use of masks. They definitely implemented physical distancing, but uh, usually um, local businesses, they implement familiar measures. So they ended up doing a lot of cleaning and sanitation as well. And that was a bit of a surprise to us because I mean, that was included within the modules, but still that was not the main prevention measure for COVID-19 if we think about how that was transmitted. Um, it was it was really interesting to see that and it just continues to support. Um, well, it, it also brings um, information on how health um, messaging has to be uh, approached, you know, um, and then just making sure that people can understand how COVID-19, well, in that case, how COVID-19 was transmitted, and then what were the exact prevention measures that would help out businesses to, to stay open.
0: So you were talking about um, messaging around prevention. I mean, I'll be honest, I hope we don't have another pandemic. So I think I hope we don't have to go to your study again to look at that. But I'm just wondering, you know, even under sort of more normal conditions, I mean, often in the food industry, we hear about various health safety issues that occur even outside of the of the pandemic. So you know, would that would that approach apply to those sort of issues too, Like where we hear about you know like Listeria and salad or something like that?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. My research is definitely something that can that can be applied to outbreaks, um, trying to solve outbreaks and try to, try to see where uh, problems arise within the food industry, within the food service industry as well, food manufacturing. It is definitely a starting point. If we had another pandemic, we have at least that to get started and to know um, how to develop training, how to deliver training and how to continue to serve through extension um, and tr- how to just like partner up and, and solve an emergency situation the way, the way COVID was.
0: And, you know, thinking about other students who might be contemplating pursuing graduate degrees, what sort of advice do you have for them?
1: Um, I would say definitely do your search. Um, Definitely go into graduate school if you feel that that's your passion. And once you are in graduate school, never, never hesitate to approach the faculty. Faculty can always be so open and sometimes us as students, we we might get intimidated, and what's the doctor going to think about this question? Um, Definitely try to talk to them as much as you can. They are a great resource, and they will continue to be a resource if you continue to connect with them once you graduate as well. Um that'd be the main advice that I have. Uh, learn from them not just the topics of a book they might assign to you in class, but learn how to talk to them how to, how um, how to stay open to whatever they have to say. Um, definitely always try to reach out to them. They are they're they're right there for you. Um, that's that's the main advice that I would give.
0: No, I think that's great advice. I have one final question. and that is, you know, if you think back to, 10-year-old Gabriella, what would you tell her you know based on what of where you are now and what you've learned that maybe 10-year-old Gabriella wouldn't have known?
1: Um, Sure well I would definitely tell as I as I said in the beginning uh, within my family education is important so I would definitely let um, 10-year-old Gabby uh, know you know like education and going to school is important Uh, continue at it you like it you've always liked school and it's going to be great.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. Well, Gabriella, I want to thank you so much for taking time today to tell us about your journey into and through graduate education, and congrats again for successfully completing your degree, and I look forward to seeing you at graduation.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dean Harris. Thank you for having me here.
0: It was my pleasure. We hope you've enjoyed these specific episodes focused on our international graduate student population here at NC State. Please continue to tune in as we bring you the unique stories of our graduate students and those that have successfully navigated graduate school. Be well.